Good morning. And what a night it was. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for Michael Irvin and I to talk instant classic Alabama, Michigan. Richard Sherman will join us in just a few minutes, and we will then debate Richard's opinion that the Cowboys should rest all of their older stars at Washington. Really, Richard? We'll talk about that. And we'll get into whether Lamar should play in the Ravens' meaningless finale against Pittsburgh in Baltimore. I say he definitely should play for his psyche's sake. I will also have a whole lot to say about the finish of Texas-Washington very late last night. Look, I was raised to hate Texas. I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan by birth, but I must admit Texas got robbed last night. But before we get to all that, first, last night's first game, Bama-Michigan overtime. Blake Corum made one huge play in overtime. Then on the final play of the game, Jalen Milrow got sabotaged by a low snap, got stonewalled on fourth and goal from the three, and much to the NCAA chagrin, Jim Harbaugh advances to the national championship game, 27 to 20. I said here yesterday on the show that Michigan is just overall a little bit better than Alabama. The truth was Michigan played a shockingly sloppy game, especially on special teams, and still got away with it, still survived. I like Michigan over Washington by 10 next Monday night for the national championship. Michigan is favored in that game by four and a half. But Michael Irvin, what was your biggest takeaway from last night's Bama-Michigan? Well, first... The first thing I did was break out in joy because of what you just said about everybody with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan getting in. Yeah, getting in. And no, no, listen, after that, my thought went to this. But that was great. That was a great game. And after the second game, I said, oh, I think they got that right. The yeah. committee, we got that right. You know what I mean? We were yeah. all annoyed. And I feel for Florida State, but yeah. two games that ended on the very last play of the game. Can't you know it. what I mean? Those games, no. th- those games were tight. Those games were tight. They, were they, tight. they, they got it right. They that, were was, right. That, was, that was my first thought. They were right. Great they were great games. Great games. Now, 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 Skip, also, Skip, though, uh, on this. I went into that game thinking, also, I can't wait to see what happens with Michigan up front because you you believe, you said, I believe Michigan's good enough. I thought Alabama would be too much on the outside. They'll make plays up the field, try to take away. But you were torn about it. You said you, you were on the I, no, no, about it. Yeah. I, I wanted Michigan to win. Yeah. I, I wanted Michigan to win. I wanted a Michigan-Texas a finals. I, that's just, I'm just being real about that. But I'm going to take, I'll, I'll take what we got, and this will be a good one. I think this will be a good one. But with a Washington, to watch Michigan play the, 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 on along the line of scrimmage with the Alabama like that. That that was shocking to see that defense, that defense. And and you saw those kids, man. You watched the interviews afterwards. Those all those kids all talked about, man. We we made a commitment. They talked. We talked before this game that who, what what we would be willing to do to get back here. To get this opportunity, everybody talked about putting everything on the line. Yep. They, they were just such a committed team. They were together. I, I thought that was a great game and a great win. Ooh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, he's the hottest name in coaching right yeah. now. I, I, I said this, Skip. I said what the devil meant for evil. God made it good with him. Because all of that bad, them bad press you about get everybody through on Michigan – all it did was put more eyes on them, and they showed up and won that game, as you said, even playing not at their best not game. Not at their best. Okay, so in the biggest picture, we have a Michigan team that is on a mission to win one for their head coach right. who got suspended, of course, twice last year, early, then late. And this team believes that Jim Harbaugh got done wrong by the NCAA and by the Big Ten. And yet, I think we're all pretty sure he actually did some wrong to get suspended, but that's a whole other issue because that team is on fire to win one for its much maligned head coach, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, so the shock to me, Michael, was I still believe Michigan's a little better across the board than Alabama. 
even though Jalen Milrow has the capability of playing at a higher level to me than J.J. McCarthy right. does. He didn't right. last night consistently. J.J. was a little overamped from the start and didn't play his best game either. But before we get deep into what happened late in the game, uh, allow me to show you quickly, one thing I'm going to tell you quickly, about all the special teams blunders that Michigan had to overcome. Right. This is un-Jim yeah. Harbaugh. This is un-Michigan. Yep, this is so out of character for Michigan. We start with the punting, which I can't show in you. In the but, first play. In yeah. the first play, too, Skip, the first play, remember? It, it, fortunately, that kid's heel was on the line, it was. out of bounds already. Okay, they started the game with an interception. That, that wasn't a special teams play, but J.J. McCarthy was just over-amped. Right. I have no idea. You want to talk about deer and headlights. You want to talk about just going blind and just throwing it to Alabama. I don't know what this is. And I'm, I don't I'm know not, where this throw is. I, I don't either, and I'm not sure that heel touched down out of bounds. I'm not sure about that, but it saved Michigan from an early hole that they could have been in. And, and you're right. Yeah. You're right, Skip, because when you look, when they showed that one angle, you can see that hill kind of up, right? You know what I mean? I don't know. It was up. Okay. But so, it, it was hard to see it. I think it was too much right. to overturn. So, again, biggest picture was it turned in weirdly a punting battle. And that kid from Australia who punts for Michigan, I mean, for Alabama, was really good last night, seven times yeah. for an average of 50 yards, and five of seven pinned Michigan inside the 20. Well, as you know, Michael, if you can keep doing that, you're going to put the other team at a severe disadvantage, and Michigan was playing uphill the whole night because they were trapped inside oh, wow. their 20. And the kid who punts for Michigan, that's my one concern about them going to the championship game, Tommy Dolman, he, he, I don't know if he's just having a bad night or mishitting the ball. I, I, maybe the pressure was getting to him a little bit. He punted six times for an average of only 40 yards, none inside the 20-yard line. And I kept saying, he's letting Alabama off the hook and off the hook and off the hook with poor uh. punts. Okay, so then we get to the freshman that Jim Harbaugh has back fielding punts mm. until the very end of the game. Uh. But uh. the kid Morgan... Can we see what he did on the early punt? This is 11.52 left in the first quarter. I don't know what possesses him, but he decides to try to make a running full-speed catch. <clears throat> Michael, back in your day, you, you fielded a few punts. There are some punts you just have to not mess with, right? There are some that right. aren't worth the trouble. It's, it's high risk, high reward, but it's higher risk. And he leaves the ball on the ground for Alabama, and they take it and go right Boom, 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 in for the touchdown, and it's seven to nothing. And the great stat, Michael, is that that Alabama over the last seven seasons was 66 and 0 when they take a seven to nothing lead in the first quarter. Yeah. 66 and 0. So Michigan is really up against it now because it's seven to nothing Alabama early in the first quarter. But as you know, they roar right back and score and it's seven all. All right, so then we've got after the, the, they score again to go up 13-7, to seven, can we see what they did with the extra point snap? Again, this is so not Michigan. It's so not Jim Harbaugh. If we could see this, the extra point snap, it's just, I, <clears throat> it's just horrible. And the, the holder doesn't even stop it. It goes right under his hands all the way back. And obviously, all they can do is just fall on it. And, and there you go with a point that looked like it was going to haunt Michigan the whole game because they, they felt like they're, it was like they were chasing that point. Then while Alabama's yep. superb kicker made two bombs from 50-plus, then James Turner from Michigan, if we can see what happened to him, he's got a 49-yarder. These are crucial points in a tight game. And what does he do? This is not Michigan. This is not what they do. He snap hooks it left. And all of a sudden, I'm saying, well, there's four points you gave away, including the extra point that you botched. And we get all the way to the end of the game. And Harbaugh says, I'm going to put my senior back there to catch that final punt named Jake Thaw. And let's see what the senior did on the final hey, punt of regulation. Uh, Is this not near disaster, Michael? He waves. For I don't know catch. why he even. Just let it go. Just he goes in. Yeah. Yes, right. let it go. You're, it he catches this like on the five-yard line. Come on. And how fortunate uh, were they that he didn't get tackled for a safety that would have lost the game? It, it's at the uh, half-yard that, that, that he Ooh. held on to that ball even when he picked it up the second time uh, with that force coming at him. That ball usually, 
That ball is usually back out of your hands in that kind of position, that kind of situation, <laughs> when you're picking it up that way and force hits you. By the way, did you catch punts in high school? I can't remember. I, I did do punts in high school. That's what I, 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 I did it one time. I'll tell you right, fans kill. All right, that's right? fine. I didn't want to catch punts. I didn't want to catch punts, and I got to Miami, you know, since we were talking about Jimmy, and Jimmy put me back here, put me back there, and Melvin Braddon said to me, all you have to do is drop one, Michael. You know, Jimmy, oh, he didn't make any mistake. Yep. So, yep. Right, to get, you won't ever have to do it again. We were playing Rice. And I was like, we're going to beat Rice. We'll beat Rice. And that first punt came, and I did drop that you punt. You dropped it. You on know, purpose? And, 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 and on- Jimmy, I, 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 I dropped it. I like to say, I won't say I dropped it on purpose, but I dropped it. He said, I'll never catch it again. And I never did. So that's just my quick story. That. It was the only time. All right. It's the only time. Yeah, I remember your but, predecessor at receiver, Butch Johnson. This is going way back in the day. He once caught a big touchdown pass from Roger uh, Staubach in the Denver Super Bowl victory, but Landry used to make him catch punts, and he despised it. He said it was the hardest thing to do in football because you got people bearing down on you at full speed in the wind and maybe some rain. And you're trying to watch the tail of that ball and which way it spins. That'll tell you which way the ball is dropping. And and what he saw, the tail spinning away, when the tail is spinning away from you, you have to chase it like that. They said, let that go. Let it go because it's a hard ball as it drops. So, yeah, that that was a big mistake. But, boy, and I'm telling you, seriously, for him to hold on to that ball once he got his hands on it, because that's force coming with him, that usually that ball pops right back it up. Does. That not not a safety. That should have been a touchdown. Touchdown. That should have been a touchdown he got for Alabama. He got rocked and he hung on he, he, to your life. He got rocked. Also, Skip, we are talking about it earlier, Skip. It, you know, yeah. this, this I thought about, because I, I remember talking to Afiz about the game, and I said, man, I wanted Michigan to win, as I told you guys the other day, and, and I said, man, the only way I see it is if Melrose kind of, if Jalen kind of kind of fall back to how he started the season a little bit. Yep. You know what I mean? And then I started, and I said to him, I said, no, no, I really like that kid's story, and he stood up and stood up for himself. I, I, I want him to somehow, somehow have a good game, but still work it out for Michigan. But I think the layoff was a little too long for him. It may you know, have been. He had a good rhythm going. And late in this game, late in this game, they had a chance to win this game. That throw right here yep. that he missed, and I said, oh, man, man he, those, those were throws that if you make these throws, You're right. uh, yep. they, they, they have a chance at kicking they that do. field goal and yep. winning that game and regulations. So, yeah, I, I felt bad for him in the end. I, you saw how frustrated he was, he was throwing his helmet at the end, he and I, I, I felt bad for him. Okay, and he got sacked six times, five times in the first half, which made it disastrous right. for Alabama. Right. Okay, in the end of regulation, <clears throat> I did not think the other quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, was capable under this kind of pressure and this kind of duress from the Alabama defense, which had figured him out in the second half. I did not think he could go 75 yards in eight plays for a touchdown, which he pulled off. But the key throw came with 210 left in that drive. It's a 29-yarder to, to Roman Wilson. If you remember this, the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Oh. It's, it's too high, and Roman Wilson still is able to rise up. He's not the biggest kid and snatch it out of the Rose Bowl Pasadena sky. This ball is tipped at the line and goes up. And that's the play of the game for Michigan because that puts them, that sets them up in business inside the five-yard line, and they cash that in on a little pop pass. So the, the right. point is now, I, I thought maybe Harbaugh might even go for go for two at that point, but he went ahead and took the point. So now we're going to overtime, and I still doubted that JJ McCarthy could settle himself down enough to make enough plays to outplay Jalen Milrow in overtime, but it didn't matter about J.J. McCarthy because if we could see the two carries in overtime by Blake Blake Corum, he is a small man with a big heart, and he is hard to get on the ground. The first carry, he bounces it out to the right and escapes a couple tackles and makes eight yards. Yeah. Right, and, that, and I'm telling you, you said great following his blockers right here. And, and I thought, you know, you, what they tell you in two-minute drills yeah. and, and games like this, get that first first down. Yeah. If you get the first first down, everything settles down. So my thought here was, 
oh, okay, okay, that's a good first, 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 first play, eight yards. You get this first, first down. This may work out. Yeah. And then the next play, it was. Whew. Yeah. And Michael, does he remind you at all just a little bit of Emmett, where he can duck and dart behind big offensive linemen? It's just hard to find him before he, you know, skitters upfield. Is there any image in, going on in, there? in hitting balance? In, yeah. in hit what yes. I call hitting balance. Yeah. You know that touchdown, that touchdown play when he run. That's it. Emmett would do that all. It's his hit balance. He one person would hit him this way. He'll balance back up, get hit back that way, and yep. spin right on in the end zone. I've yep. seen him do that I many a time. And Watch. what a great run this is! And he, I, I thought he was down at the three, but it's a neck tackle, and he spins out of it. He's got quick feet. Right. He has got what, yeah. you know, North Turner used to say about Emmett, he's got such great quickness in a confined space. So does this kid. I'm not saying he's Emmett Smith, right. but he's got some right. similarities. Right. Some similarities. And, 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 and I think it, it's so funny because you see, you see Emmett, Emmett don't like he's running that fast, moving up the field, but he does have quick feet in those small areas, man. Let yeah. me tell you something. That, that, it, what was, that, that drive that Michigan made, in those plays that you just showed in, in overtime, this was a team that, that made up their mind they're not losing that football game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they you did. talk You talk about uh, uh, that pass, that, that, that big play. This was a team that came together. And I thought, because I thought usually you're going in overtime, oh, they, they, can't, they won't hold yeah. up in overtime. Agree. They, they were the fresher team. They were the fresher team. They were team. They were the team that was more ready to say, "Let's let's keep battling." So I, I said to myself, "Oh, this team's not losing." Yep. Okay. So now we get to Alabama's final possession. They got a match seven to to keep yep. the game going in overtime to get it to double overtime, and it comes down to fourth and goal at the three yard line. And each team there there are two timeouts called, one by Michigan, right. one by Alabama as they're playing chess back and forth. And Coach Saban said after the game that they actually changed the play three times with each timeout. Timeout change, timeout change, and then they change again. So it's three different ideas. He would not say what the first two ideas were, the concepts. But you know what happened on fourth and goal from the three. I was virtually certain it was going to be Jalen Milrow running. I didn't know if he'd roll out and do run pass option. But he, the, the snap is low. Maybe it, it blew the timing of the play. Maybe he didn't get off, at, you know, out of the blocks quite uh, on time. Right there. Yeah. Right there. That block where he – we got 65 knocked back into Miro's right there. Right there. Yep. That, that, that's what – Skip, that's what they're talking about when they say you got to move this line of scrimmage. Yeah. And they move that line of scrimmage. They, okay. they, they reset it. And, and that, that's surprising to see Alabama get handled like they that got on handled. the line of scrimmage. They, they got handled. And, Michael, to me, that was – I know these are just kids, but that was a manhood play. That was just strength on strength. Yeah. It was will on will. And one thing I love about Jalen Milrow, he, his height and weight are not listed at that. He, he doesn't – he's like 6'2", 215, but he runs like he's 240 to me. And he runs with incredible acceleration and incredible power and incredible will. So I, I can't hate the idea of putting the game in Jalen's hands, but it was such a simple play. It's just Jalen, run it down their throats. There, there's no flash right, and dash right. to it. There's no whipped cream to it. There's nothing cute about right. it. It's just Jalen, take it and run straight up the gut. And what Saban said after the game was, we thought they were going to sort of all-out blitz. We thought they were going to pressure from everywhere and that we could hit a gap. So Jalen was supposed to mm. look for the gap and split potential blitzers mm. and, and try to get two, three. Like, if you hit a gap, you're going to score. But, but obviously, he just ran right into a big blue stone wall in the middle of the field, and he went nowhere fast. So, Michael, yeah. was there any – did you sit back and say, gee, should you have tried to do something a little more deceptive, a little more tricky? You know, is there a Tim Tebow jump pass in the repertoire where you take it and, right. you know, look like you're going to run with it and jump at the last second and pop it to one of your wideouts? 
Is there a, a, a sprint right option, which is a you know run pass option, where you roll him out and let him have the option? And that's what I would have wanted, Skip. That's okay. what I that's what I thought you to try. You know, because listen, we, we we just talked about how yep. how this this is this had been a trench battle. This had been a trench battle. You know, uh, Alabama is usually dominating the trenches, and this had been a battle. Yeah. I am not going to just for for the whole game. Everything's on the line right here. Just run him in right up into that whole battle. This is like you said. This kid can move. Can I'm going to get him outside, and move. even you know, in some kind of way, I wanted to get him outside. I wanted to get him on a sprint option, like you say, to give yeah. me two options. Yeah. To give me somebody short, somebody deep, and his ability to run. Agreed. And his ability to run. I'll sprint the first man out with him running wide, then I'll send a back man to the back end zone, and the other man coming across late, coming across late, with him sprinting to one side, sprinting to one side, man. I just want to have all those options on that play Agreed. because if it don't work you give you, you put the ball in the end zone and give them a chance to make a play yeah. but that play right there I, I was shocked that they ran that play all right so in the end remember what Jim Harbaugh said just before the game on ESPN that he could not remember a game he had coached in which he believed going in that that it would be won and lost in the trenches like this one to your point mm -hmm. th right. this is just this is strength on strength. Who is going to be the mentally and physically tougher team in the interior offensive defensive lines? And I think right. Michigan finally asserted its will. And by the way, that, right. that kid who's from out here in Orange County, that Mason Graham from Michigan, right. he yeah. was just unblockable. But, I, I got to tell you. Well, um, Boy, the, the defensive player of the game. He was. The defensive player of the game. He was in, in, insanely incredible. 55. Now, and also, you know That's what? That's exactly I heard right. Jenkins, right. I heard Jenkins talking about it, too. And Jenkins said, which, which I told you guys shocked me. He was like, listen, we knew right away when we made that first hit, he says, you can tell if somebody's in for the fight all day. Yeah. And I was like, boy, that's Alabama. Stop playing. Boy, you up there talking noise. That is Alabama. Mm -hmm. Alabama's always in for the fight. But, but Skip, even that, when you watch those kids, they got great personalities, man. It made me want to root for them. You know, that, that Jenkins kid, I'm watching him afterwards. I was like, he had a great personality. He's going yeah. to play. He's going to be doing TV afterwards. He is. Because he's no, a he great-looking kid. I, I agree. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. father could play. But that Mason Graham scared me because I'm afraid he's going to wind up being a little better than the guy we drafted in the first round this past draft out of Michigan, Mozzie Smith who has yet to so, sort of get his feet underneath him as a pro football player. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. I hope so. But, man, that Mason Graham was something. But if you look. <laughs> another T.J. Watt situation, you think that looks like another T.J. Yes, Watt situation where we on. lose out so, on Watt. So in the right. end, Alabama goes three for 13 on third down, but Michigan only went two for 11 on third down, didn't make the, the two fourth downs that it, it converted. But it, Alabama was held to 288 total yards in a national semifinal. That will work. So Michigan's defense did hold up, kept Jalen Milrow to a low roar. And I think they, in the end, deserve to win. And I do think they're going to win the national championship. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. I said right here yesterday on Undisputed that I could not understand Texas being favored by four and a half points over Washington. I said, no, it should be the other way around. I also said, no disrespect to Jaden Daniels, but Michael Penix Jr. should have won this year's Heisman Trophy. So it was last night that Michael Penix Jr. threw for 430 yards and two touchdowns without an interception, QBR of 98, scaled 0 to 100. Washington led by 13 with seven minutes left in the game on the way to what felt like, I don't know, a 20-point victory. Then the Huskies nearly blew it. And then Texas got robbed. To me, that was blatant pass interference by Elijah Jackson on A.D. Mitchell in the end zone on the game's final play. Texas deserved one more shot at getting to the national championship game from Washington's six-yard line. 
Michael, did you see pass interference on that last Quinn Ewers throw? Uh, Skip, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this. I, 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 I was trying to find some pass interference in here, and, and I don't see it now. I see where you may be looking at his left arm uh, on his shoulder before, as his right arm is squatting the yes, ball. Yes, But, But, no, I, when I saw that play, my first thought went to, what is he? Why, why, why is this ball? Why is he lobbing this ball? Why is he putting air under this ball? You know, because he was going towards the sideline. It wasn't like it was a fade it route. A fade. So you're going no. towards the side. No. Right. So why are we dropping air? Why are we put floating that ball out there? I thought, why is he not zipping this ball in here? You know, you zip that ball t- towards the top front, for, towards that front pylon. Yeah. And, and, and you bring that receiver back down where he can also box him out yeah. and make a play right towards that top pylon. Yeah. I thought that's what that, that's what should have been done right here. Yeah. Uh, I, I see that left arm okay. on, on his yeah. shoulder. But that, that's, too t- that's, a, that's a great play, I thought, by the defensive back. Okay, Michael, A.D. Mitchell is six feet four inches tall. He, he was at Georgia, and he caught big passes in both their national championships, in their, their national championship games. And he transferred to Texas, and so Ewers is thinking, I got 6'4 on maybe six feet. I, right. I, I just got to throw it up, put a little air underneath it, even though it's not a fade route, and hope he can go up and snatch right. it. He had caught one similar to that. I don't know if it was exactly the same route earlier in the game right. for a touchdown. Okay, so Elijah Jackson – takes off and takes his left arm and wraps right. it around A.D. Mitchell's neck and, and catapults himself. He, he pulls himself. He slingshots himself up into the airspace of A.D. Mitchell at six feet, four inches tall by putting his arm, wrapping his arm around A.D. Mitchell's neck for right. leverage to throw himself up into the airspace and it looks like a great defensive play. It was. I just, again, if you see the back angle, if you're looking at it from the rear, as the official was, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to throw the flag on that because he used the grab, the, the wrap around the neck, to project himself, to launch himself up into A.D. Mitchell's airspace to get his hand, his right hand on the ball to bat it down. That's just me. Right. And let me tell you. Why they won't get that call, Skip, is because they're going to say everyone has a free uh, right to go get the football. And, and, and you left the defensive back facing the quarterback so he doesn't have to worry about looking up or looking back at a certain time. I'm still, if I got 6'4 and you got 5'11, you got 5'8, 5'9, I'm still, and, and, and I'm at this place. Um, in the field, I got. I gotta go. I gotta play basketball on the football field here with my big guy. I can't. You know, I, I can't leave the defensive back clear eyed, cluing the deep, cluing the quarterback, and watching when the football comes out. I'm going to have to get him focused on me some kind of way, and then I can turn around and box him out. He's a small dude. I want him not off that ground, and I'm pressing against oh. him so he can't get yeah. off the ground to climb up to the six four. You yeah. see what I'm saying? They got to take. They should have taken that away from him. Okay, I got it. Now let's look at Michael Penix Jr. I don't know if that was maybe the first night you've dude. really focused on him, but dude. listen. Hey, Michael, you want to talk Oof. about being able to zing Oof. it? That lefty, it, it, it's like he's throwing rocket right. darts, rocket darts, left hand. It always looks better to me left-handed. I don't know what it is about the optical illusion of it, but it just looks like lefties are more accurate and deadly with their throws. But he was just zinging it and zinging it. If we could see the, you can also launch it. Let's see the 77-yarder that pretty much began the game to poke. Yeah. That's just like effortless accuracy oh. and velocity and distance. And this goes down. I have perfect throws. That is a beautiful throw. And then we got the two touchdown passes. First one is to poke, and he steps up. He can move around, too. That was the – he right. it to himself. Right. Okay. And then we got a- another one to McMillan here later. This is the second touchdown pass. That's just a rocket uh, dart. I, 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 I love watching him throw the football. I love watching him move and, around. And- he can run it, too. And he had he, he, he used to, that left hand. The, the way that that other touchdown came out, yeah. 
That reminds you of Michael Vick. That ball jumps yeah. off. Remember that ball used to jump off Michael Vick here? Woof. It, it, that that remind me of Michael Vick right there. I oh, mean, this is he 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 has. Listen, I heard people talking about him, even driving into work today, and they talking about, well, Michael Bennett Jr., where do you think he's going to be? And it was like a late round, maybe a late round first stuff like I said, are you joking? That dude, no, man, are you joking? That, that When they get through the process, the way that kid moves and the way he throws that ball yep. off his hands that quick, that fast, and how accurate he is, he, he's going to, he'll jump up anybody's draft board. He's going to jump up draft boards. I agree. Okay, walk me through this. Walk through it with me, Michael. At 240 left in this game, Washington opts to take a field goal that puts them up nine points. And even the ESPN announcers are saying, boy, right. Washington's going to have to make a huge mistake here for Texas to get back in the game. So there's an onside kick by Texas that gets recovered by Washington. So they have the ball at Texas 44 with 109 left. And so the, the point is, oh, I'm sorry, it, yeah, yeah, 109 left, and they, they run three plays and they go nowhere, and that they have to kick the ball away, and Texas is going to get the ball back with 45 seconds left. And look what happens on the punt fair catch. Washington does exactly what Washington cannot do at this point, the kid interferes with the, the fair catch. Well, that's 15 more yards. So they were going to be at their 16, and all of a sudden they have the ball out at the 31-yard line. Well, at this point, you're in some trouble because all of a sudden Quinn Ewers can throw, and he, he hits, yeah. if we'd see the throw to Whittington for 41, this is on third and 10. He went incomplete, incomplete, and then third and 10. This is to Whittington, and I said, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. here we go. Oh, yeah. and, <laughs> now, Michael, who picked Texas, in part because he lives oh, in Dallas. what a play. This is like. In, what a play. Yeah, this is a play. This is a back shoulder. What a play. DB falls down. And then he, he follows that up mm. two plays later with a, a throw to the freshman blue that I did not think he handled cleanly before he went out of bounds, but they gave it to him. This is to but they gave it to him. I yeah. thought I, I, I thought so, too. I said, oh, my God, that thing looked like a, a, a little bit, just a little tad, because he was bobbling it right, 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 moved it right here. Yep. But they gave it to him. Okay. So all of a sudden, they are set up shop down first and 10 at the 12, and they run a couple uh. plays, and then it gets to third and 11. And it looks like the time is going to run out if we can see the third and 11 play because Ewers is chased by a, a free rusher and he's about to get sacked and he throws it out of bounds. And it and it, it. The, the clock says zeros and they, they gave it to him. They right. gave him one second. So you get one last. No, play. no, no, no. It, it was actually two seconds. It, it really should have been two seconds put back on Thank that you. clock. When you looked yeah. at the clock, when that ball went out of bounds, because when it went out of bounds the first time, I said, boy, that dude must. He must go to he goes to Washington because they let that clock. He clearly okh. went out of bounds. Thought it was home at two seconds. Yeah, right. That was no right. home cooking. He's, he's from Seattle, Washington. But they came back. They came back and they, they, they gave him. They gave him the time. Two or one seconds wouldn't have made a difference. You only got one play. Yeah. And and that, that's what I said. As long as you got that one play, so the two or one seconds didn't make a difference. And okay. we talked about the play that they chose, which I would have liked to have made chose a different play. Yeah, so it's now 4th and 11 from the 13, and that last play happens, and the game ends, and Washington survives, what was it, 27 to 21 on this final play. And again, I thought right. they deserved one more shot. Because remember, in, as, as you know, Michael, in college football, it's not a spot foul on pass interference the way it is in pro football, so it's 15 right. yards. So they would have got half the distance. They would have had one untimed down, one more throw into the end zone from about – Right. Six, six and a half yards away. So I thought they deserved it. You didn't. But now but, onward and right. upward to the but, Monday but, but, but you see yeah. that skip? That skip yeah. He had so much time back here to throw when he, he let did. that ball go. Yeah. He had so much time. I could have drove. I, man, I could drive my receiver off and then come back. And um, and you, you win that game right there. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, you win that game. I'm surprised that all, all these backers, I, I, linebackers, why are they not dropping farther off? And you know what I mean? Being able to help or be able to run up under that because he has to throw in the end zone. All of that field, that's a, that, that doesn't matter. You got to get the ball in the end zone right there yeah. for that one second. 
So Washington, it was sort of insult to injury or injury to insult because in their last possession, when they failed to kill enough of the clock, their lead back, Dylan Johnson, got hurt. And I'm not sure about the extent of it, except that Kalen DeBoer said after the game, the coach, that that it did not look good. So obviously it's just now a week until next Monday night. And so they could be without a back who ran for 1,162 yards. So that could be a problem. They also lost a couple of corners in this game. So the point is, do you give Washington much of a shot against Michigan, who is now a four-and-a-half-point favorite this next Monday night for the championship? Well, I, not, not Washington or Texas. I, I thought when I first saw that game start off, I said, man, this reminds me of when I first retired and was doing some arena football yeah. for uh, for NBC. It was, you know, in, our, in regular in the NFL, you say, oh, let's make sure we're putting together scoring drives. In arena, it's like, let me see who can get a stop or two. That's who will win this game. Yeah. And I felt like that early on. Well, let's see who can get a stop or two. Uh, good point. Texas yeah. is going, hey, hey, hey listen. Michigan will stop you. Texas couldn't stop you. Michigan will get a few stops. They will. It's just a matter uh, of Michigan's offense staying, staying, playing much better than they played last week. They got to yeah. play better. They, they, they will play better because they can't play much worse than some of the areas, some of the errors they had. Okay. I believe that Michael Penix Jr. will get his against Michigan but Michigan will get some stops because they will get more heat on him than Texas did, even right. though Texas has a stout defensive front. The problem with Washington for me, Michael, is their pass defense ranked 119th nationally, yeah. 119th. That's why Quinn Ewers was able, Man. when given the late opportunity, to hit Whittington, as we just showed, for 41, to hit Blue for 16, to almost hit A.D. Mitchell for the game-winning touchdown. So it's why they have a fatal flaw. They, they, they're just vulnerable in their secondary. Uh, again, I thought Texas was also even more vulnerable in its secondary against Michael Penix Jr., but Michigan's defense is rock solid. They're veteran. They're nasty. They bring the, the heat and the pain right. on the quarterback. I just think they're going to win this game by 10 or so points, even though I have, as I said, I thought Michael Penix should have won the Heisman. Yeah, Yeah. and and they they said it. They didn't come this far. They did not come this far to lose this game at this moment. And and I I think they win this game. And I I think they win by more than, than the four or four and a half that they're being given. Okay, and yet. All glory to this Washington team because they played in the shadows. They've been underdogs. Nobody thought they could beat Oregon. Nobody thought they could beat Oregon again. Nobody thought they could beat Texas. So I give it up to them for what they've accomplished because they've lost no games this year. So I'm intrigued by the matchup, but Washington's going to have to figure out a way to outscore Michigan, and I don't think they can, especially without their lead running back. Okay, let's get back to the Dallas Cowboys because speaking of running, the Cowboys' running game has slowed to a walk. Will that be their fatal flaw as we hit the playoffs? Now it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go with our first tweet from Rich Paul, who says, Richard Sherman wants to be able to keep saying that the Dallas Cowboys haven't even reached the NFC Championship game in over a quarter century. Advice not taken, says Mike Epps. Nah, I'm good, says Mike Epps. See? Yeah. As somebody who's, who's made it to three Super Bowls in this decade, I'm just saying. Okay. All right. There's method to your madness here. All right. This is from Josh. Thank you, haters, for going against my Dallas Cowboys. Michael Irvin, it's time to break the curse and win the dang Super Bowl. There's Jimmy. The curse has been. It has been. Yes. And then finally, from, has been broke. from random someone, this is Jerry, if it comes down to it, meaning Sunday at Washington, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Jerry as Andy Dalton. And I would pay to see that if it came to that on Sunday. Uh, 
if it came to see, came to that, Skip, just go ahead and mail it in, baby. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, back to the Cowboys because pro football focus, a site I do respect, grades the Cowboys' passing game second best only to Miami's. Yet it grades the Cowboys' running game 15th in the NFL after that running game ran 21 times for a grand total of 61 yards against Detroit on Saturday night. Michael Irvin, on the concern scale of 1 to 10, where are you when it comes to this Cowboys running, or should I say walking, game? Uh, uh, Full scale, all the way up. As high as the scale can go really? on the worry meter here. Oh, this, this yes, this run game here. It, I, I, for, for a long time, I kept telling and everybody that, that the Cowboys, no matter what, every team, you need a hammer in this league. And the Cowboys don't have a hammer. Everybody gets caught up in the 30, the 20, the 25-yard runs. And that's what they had out of Tony Pollard, and they loved those when they had them out of Tony Pollard. They didn't think about Zeke wore down that defense a little bit before Tony Pollard was getting those runs, and now Tony Pollard is receiving the pain of from, from that usually the hammer has to take when he's delivering. So, so yeah, I'm concerned. Rich, oh, I forgot about them. This is another reason I don't want to go on the road. You know— If you can't run at home, you're certainly not going to be able to run on the road. And this team can't seem to run anywhere. So I need perfect weather because I'm going to be throwing the ball everywhere. You see what I mean? I say I I am absolutely worried about it. And I believe number four will have to take this team wherever it is going because this this run game isn't going to give it much help. Now, I, I go back to a hammer because it's not even about getting the big yards. It's about being able to just get that yard or two when you need it. That's what makes the Philadelphia tush push so effective because, you know, if you get them inside of one yard, oh, my God, they got a hammer called a tush push that's going to get them that first down. I am concerned about this run game, especially uh, going into the playoffs. Mm, Richard. Yeah, You should be. You should be very concerned. Skip, I know you remember those conversations we had about Christian McCaffrey and and Tony Pollard. And you told me that they were they were really close and that it was neck and neck. They were. And I told you they were not in the same stratosphere and not that this is all on Tony Pollard. Don't get me wrong. They got a block for him. Some of these plays he's getting hit in the backfield. And no matter who you are, if you get hit in the backfield, you don't have a hole to run through. You're not going to have success, but this is the lowest yards per carry of his career and the most carries he's ever gotten. And so, again, it was a bit of fool's gold last year when you're a changeup back and you you get you get to come in after, you know, Zeke has worn the defense down, as Irv said. Defense is worn down. They're tired. They're breathing hard. And here comes speed. Bang. Here comes uh, routes. Here right, comes, right. you know, him in the passing game. You know, he's doing a lot of dynamic things. But when he's never leaving the field, they never lose track of him. You know, when you leave the field and come back, you know, they got other things to worry about, other things to look at. But when you're on the field, play after play after play, they get in the rhythm of understanding who you are as a player, of understanding what you do well, what you don't do well, and making those corrections. And they're hitting him. You know, he's had 42 more carries than he did this time last year. Not that 42 is a ton, but it is a ton on a running back when you're taking a pounding and taking a beating every single play. And so I I think this is your your Achilles heel. I think this is your Achilles heel on both sides of the ball. I think it's your Achilles heel defensively as well. And again, to win on the road in the playoffs, you have to pack two things. Skip, you have to pack your defense and your run game. And if you don't, and if those two things aren't mobile, you're not going to win. Okay, Richard Sherman, I stand by what I told you about Tony Pollard last year against Christian McCaffrey. Tony Pollard statistically in every way, shape, and form was more explosive than Christian McCaffrey was last year. But the irony of this was that Tony Pollard against your San Francisco 49ers in a playoff game suffered. And I know we've gone back and forth about the hip drop tackle. You think that there's right. nothing that should be right. should be uh, taken out of football. I, I whatever I think it should be, because 
it, it still hurts my heart what happened to Tony Pollard in the San Francisco game because it was a career-threatening hip-drop tackle. And Richard, I, I watch closely. He, he's not the same guy. I keep waiting for him right. to get his legs back underneath him. He's not the same guy. I see a flash, and then I see him get mashed for no game. And I say, I don't right. know that guy. And you can say it's because he's now the bell cow back, and he's not a bell cow. I got that. Right. But I know Michael misses Zeke. I, I'm sorry. I right. don't miss Zeke because look, look at what happened last year. I, I kept coming in here saying, how many – no yard gains do I have to watch on first down? How, how many one yard in a pile of dust gains do I have to watch on first down? Because if you look at Zeke last year on first down as our bell cow back, of the 41 qualified running backs on first down last year in the National Football League, Zeke ranked 40th in first down yardage. It, it, it was hard to watch. But to Michael's point, if you need a hammer on, I don't know, fourth and a go half line, yard or goal, goal line, line or whatever. Goal line. Yeah, I, I got Goal it. line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Getting down in that goal line in the green zone when that thing gets tight, that's where your hammer yeah. comes in hand. Because you the, those inches and yards, they really mean a great deal. I think that's an interesting I think that's an interesting discussion you guys had earlier about Tony Pollard in CMC. Christian McCaffrey, because I think they are very similar. Now, the difference is Tony Pollard is not in an offense that's conducive to those talents. Now, the offense in San Francisco is. It's the old Mike Shanahan offense. You got that one cut offense where Tony Pollard could do great in that offense. But this offense is a little different, and the run game is a little different. And they don't have the mastermind of a Kyle Shanahan designing no. all of these Great blocking schemes. No, no, that's a yeah. Bad. But I, I didn't, I didn't hear all these things last year when he was having success, and he was in the same scheme. And that's where I'm concerned because Christian McCaffrey is just a better player. It's not even in discussion. It's, it's in saying that it's, it's conversation. I mean, they they both play running back is as close as they can get in terms of of, of what we're talking about. Christian McCaffrey it, it, it runs between the tackles, inside, outside catches the football, and does it consistently. You know, you talk about a hammer and a nail. He's the hammer sometimes, and sometimes he's the lightning back. You know, he's all that encompassed but, in but, one back. Right. And you, we thought but, Tony but, but wouldn't you agree? <laughs> but wouldn't you agree that we have seen San Francisco produce many backs and they've had success with those many backs? Yes, sir. Maybe not to the year that Christian McCaffrey has had. Wouldn't you agree that we watch Miami, who have many backs and they have success with all of those backs because of the scheme and the situation that those guys are putting those guys in? I would also assess that that. Tony Pollard would have that kind of success in those offenses. They're just better built for his kind of talent. But then, then it's on Mike McCarthy to not scheme up that play. You, I don't think you guys have the offensive line necessarily to run outside zone and to get these guys laterally and moving. You guys got more powerful offensive linemen and to, to push the ball down the field into to, uh, straight power scheme. But I think – that you're right, they have had success in these plays, but I've also seen Christian McCaffrey have a thousand receiving and a thousand rushing in Carolina in a whole different scheme. So it's just he's done it everywhere, and that's why I'm saying Tony Pollard had success last year in this scheme. So they found things that he does well, found ways to get him explosive plays last year. And to to your point, Skip, you're saying Zeke was so terrible on first down. Has Tony Pollard been better this year? You got you got what you wanted. Hey, give it Tony Pollard on first and second down. Are you any better on first and second down runs? You aren't. You you you, you can't be. We're watching you, your team get stuffed on these runs as we speak. And so maybe it's schematically to to Irv's point. Maybe it's scheme. Maybe you guys need to change up the scheme that you're running and, and adopt more of the Kyle Shanahan, McVay, Kevin O'Connell, uh, yeah. Mike McDaniel. Inside, outside, mid-zone scheme. Richard, he's lost too much of his burst. He's not as effective as he used to be because he's not as explosive as he used to be. Mm -hmm. he, he was a yeah. little faster than Christian last year, so he was just a little more of a downfield weapon, a breakaway wep weapon, because he broke away a lot, both running it and catching it last year. His yards per touch last year were six yards, and this year they've dropped to four yards per touch. And it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but two yards per touch is a whole lot to me because it adds up. And I thought maybe 
that Rico Dowdle would give us some hammer because he's right. a little bigger back at, what is he, Michael, 215, maybe 220. Yeah. And yet yeah, yeah. he's been hurt and banged up, and he was not there on Saturday night, so we didn't have the hammer. So it's scary to me on the, the worry scale. I'm, I'm at an eight mm. because it's hard to yeah. overcome it. But every once in a while, Tony Pollard has a little burst where you, where you see it for a, a play or two. And that's all we got right now because we're going to have to throw it. And, what, Michael, you know what we've been doing? We've been using 88 a couple times a game to run the football. Yep. And I like to the look of it. It's, it's, it's great to watch. It works. Yeah, 88. They put Kevon Turpin back there, and and, and they're doing it, which is surprising because Kevon Turpin, it's what Tony Pollard used to give you. You just want a good burst through the hole, and and, and now they're using that up with, uh, they're doing that with other people. I love that they give it to 88 back there because now they have a chance to keep him involved, even when all the double teams are trying to keep him uninvolved and not involved. They can put him back there and hand the ball off to him. Mm. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, yeah but, but I think I, I don't think you guys are giving enough uh, uh, criticism to your offensive line because you're saying speed and Tony Pollard's not this, but yeah. some of these plays are getting hit in the backfield. Skip, he's he getting is. hit before he ever, ever gets going. And I don't yeah. care how good of a back you are. If you're getting hit as soon as you grab the ball, that is I mean, true. you're not going to be very effective. Yeah, my line, our line, pass blocks a little better than it run blocks. I will give you that. We're not opening gaping holes, but we can protect Dak fairly well because Tyron Smith, especially manning that left side, he's just hard to get around. So we, we got that. That's why we're the right. second passing attack, according to Pro Football Focus, in the league. Even though Hutchinson got around him pretty good. He, he did, early, but he gets Hutchinson around everybody. got around him. Yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't see that. But then, did you see later on in the game, Tyron got a hold of him. He, <laughs> he, he wanted, if he he gets, wanted to if he run him all on, the way off the done. football field when yeah. he put his hands on. Yeah. I, I was like, man, I, was, I just love watching that battle, man. So do I. So so if I get my hands on him, you're right. right. <laughs> I put them hands it's on over. you. And he put some hands on you. So yeah. that was good. That was good. 